Tampa versus Kansas City. Brady versus Mahomes. It's going to be a great matchup. Uh, you, you can cry about this one, and I don't care. I'll, I'll drink your tears for all I give a damn. Chase, you scared me. I thought I was going to have to edit something, but now you're just making a terrible joke. No, no, no. Shut the hell up. No. Welcome to the WNP Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson. Join me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how are we doing today? You know, I'm doing swell, but that's kind of a lie because I'm not doing that swell. Um, I don't even know how to really feel. Uh, Matthew Stafford, is, there's just big news. Everyone knows at, at, at this point. I'm just saying it right now because we're talking about it later anyway. Uh, you know, mutual agreement. He's going to be out of Detroit. So, bittersweet. I, you know, I want to see this dude succeed, but at the same time, he's been like, you know, I've been a Lions fan my whole life, but I haven't been a diehard Lions fan, you know, up until pretty much when they drafted Stafford. Um, so he's the only quarterback I've ever really known for the Lions. It's going to be weird seeing someone else do it. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely crazy with their future, but you got to be excited with the coaching staff, too. I mean, oh. the, the names, just just the absolute promise or praise that they're getting from the media. It's it's crazy. Well, there, there's a quote that um, is said in, in Goon when he's introducing uh, Shawn Michael Scott onto his show, Hot Ice. Um, that, that's how I feel about the coaching staff. If you know that quote, good on you. If you don't, I'm not repeating it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited for it. It's when the, when the biggest question of hire so far is the head coach and, you know, the, the staff below them. It's so just like highly regarded and you know known great coaches great dudes i I'm, oh, I'm so excited i i don't even have words how excited i am i'm literally like giddy in my seat right now moving around just i'm full of so much excitement yeah it's gonna be a weird year for lions fans and i know there are a lot of lions fans that listen to this show the majority i think are um because you know it's just all of our friends but um yeah so it's it's gonna be a weird year new quarterback not sure what that's going to look like. A new coaching staff that's very promising. Going to be interesting to see if this is finally the uh, regime that takes the Lions to the top. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. But Chase, coming up on this episode, we got to talk about the Super Bowl. Obviously, we know who are the who the t- two teams are. Uh, however, we're not going to predict it on this episode. We've got one more episode before the Super Bowl actually happens, so we'll predict it then and talk about some of the other stuff that was going on during the Super Bowl week. Um, but this episode, we're going to be recapping the conference championship games, talking about Brady versus Mahomes because the goat versus the kid, as Chase mentioned to me a little bit earlier today that's a, a great storyline then we got to talk about the bills the browns they were on a miracle run however halted then we're talking rogers his future in green bay and then a lot of qb movement is set to happen this free agency we're going to be talking about that as well so jay's first we got to talk about tampa versus kansas city brady versus mahomes it's going to be a great matchup it's gonna be super entertaining you know this is this could be a real passing of the torch kind of game. Um, if 
if the Chiefs could like end up winning this, you know, this could be Tom Brady's last chance here at the Super Bowl. So it could be, uh, you know, Mahomes conquering Brady, getting the crown, and then doing what Brady just did for the last 20 years. Um, you know, something like that's very much in the realm of possibility. But it's going to be a great game regardless. Uh, Tom Brady has played fantastic this year. He had a kind of a rougher game last week, but his team bailed him out when they needed him, whereas he bailed out his team during the regular season. So this this game, you know, they're going to have some time to rest, some time to analyze the film. If Bruce Arians can help figure out a way to shut down Patrick Mahomes, then, I mean, this should be the the, the Bucks Super Bowl. It should be Brady finally proving that he can win away from, uh, from the Patriots. But that's a very tough task to do to try to shut down Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I I really don't get it because I would have said that the Chiefs had the better offense for sure, and I would have said that Tampa has the better defense, but especially on paper. But when you just look at the performances, for some reason, the Chiefs' defense in the playoffs is so scary. Like the the amount of pressure they were able to get on Josh Allen was insane. The guy was running out of the pocket, uh, intentionally grounding. It was just absurd. He couldn't get away, even though he has amazing mobility. So here's the thing with, with the Chiefs defense, though. Like, you know, last year they started off with a, a hor- horrific defense. It might have been the worst defense in the league. If not, I know it was one of the worst, but they ended up flipping the switch, ended up being one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, going on that, you know, the big stretch in the playoffs and ended up playing really well. Kind of the same thing this year, not as extreme, not as bad, but still struggled a little bit, and they figured it out yet again. So this defense, like, it has it has players. It has a lot of playmakers. You know, when you got the Honey Badger out there running around making the plays that he does, uh, you know, that's one hell of a player to try to go against. This, this Chiefs defense is legitimately good, and they are underrated. So it, like, p- people are just are, are always kind of discounting them out that way, saying Mahomes doesn't have to win a shootout, but that's not really the case. And I think it might actually be the case with this upcoming game just because Tom Brady's got so many damn weapons. And Tom Brady's been on fire. And Leonard Fournette, man, where did he come from during the playoffs? He is just a completely different beast than what we saw in the regular season. Playoff Lenny, baby. Yeah, he's, he's awesome, dude. I love Leonard Fournette. I'm happy that he's having some success finally. You know, he had some success in Jacksonville, but they decided to go a separate way. Uh, he's gone to the Bucks, and he, he's done some great things, really helped this team win. So Brady, if, if he has a better performance uh, this in the Super Bowl than he did last week, which I think is pretty much a lock, he's not going to throw three picks in the Super Bowl. Um, you know they're going to have they're going to have a really good chance to win. It's going to be a tough time for the Chiefs. It's going to be a really good game. In reality, this is probably the best matchup we could have gotten. Even though I would have rather see the Bills in the in the uh, Super Bowl or maybe the Packers against the Chiefs would have been kind of cool too. But in reality, this is going to be the best game that we could have seen. Yeah, I'm very excited, and I'm just so thankful that it's not going to be a Patriots versus Rams Super Bowl because that thing was the biggest waste of time, I think. like I think the commercials that year were better than the actual game, and I'm so thankful that we are blessed with a game that is just going to be so incredibly thrilling, and hopefully it's not a blowout. I mean, I expected the Bills and Chiefs to be closer than it was, Uh However, it wasn't very close towards the end. So hopefully we don't get a blowout. Hopefully we get a last minute play, like kind of what we saw with the Packers and the Bucks. But let's now go over some of these games. So Packers, Bucks, Buccaneers won 31 to 26. We got to talk about it, Chase. Fourth down on the eight yard line. Matt LaFleur decides to bring out the kicking unit rather than then keep Aaron Rodgers out there and try to go for it. They were down by eight. What would you have done? 
that kicking that field goal is a fireball offense. I'm going to be honest. You have Aaron Rodgers, who's coming off an MVP season, who's been playing fantastic night in, night out. You're down by eight points. You kick a field goal so you can make it five points. You got to get the ball back and then score another touchdown. Like it's it's stupid. Sure, you know, like when they got when they uh, kicked the ball away once they got to the Chiefs or uh, they got the Bucks, excuse me, to a third and goal or a third and long, whatever. But then they took a penalty and it all reset. So they would have had a minute like and a half and a timeout. So they could have done it that way. But you got Aaron Rodgers. You go for it right there. If you don't get it, you're still down by eight. You're still down by by a touchdown. And they're starting with horrible field position. So you can pin them back. You can three and out them, and you'll start with great field position again. You get another chance to score a touchdown. I don't know why the hell you wouldn't do it. Because even even if you scored a touchdown and then, you know, you don't get the two-point conversion, then you only need a field goal from there. And it's a lot easier to get a field goal the second time around and like after getting the touchdown than getting the field goal and then the touchdown. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And... I, I think that some blame also has to be on Rodgers, though, because on that third and goal, I don't know if you saw it, but he had a wide open lane off to the right side of the field to run the football in. Uh, he decided to throw it instead, and there were two defenders draped on Devontae Adams, and it didn't work. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. And it, it's easy to look back now and say that you shouldn't have gone for the field goal. You should have gone with Aaron Rodgers. Stick with the hot hand. Stick with the guy who has brought you here. But I think everyone in the moment, except for Matt LaFleur, was on the same page. Like like Chase said, you're going to give him terrible field position if you don't get it. And I would much rather be down eight and them have the ball at the, I don't know, let's say they get five yards at the three rather than be down five and they get the ball at the 25. So uh, I, I I don't I don't want to put all the blame on Matt LaFleur, but there there definitely is blame to be had. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he threw a pick. Uh, there were some fumbles in that game. Uh, just a, a really tough, tough ride for the Packers. And I feel bad for Packers fans because, Chase, we even talked about it when the game was over. The refs, the whole game weren't calling anything when it came to uh, pass interference or holding on the receivers, uh, just stuff in the secondary, you know, they were letting them play. And then on the play that mattered the absolute most, they decided to call it. It was a penalty, but I I just, I thought the ball was overthrown. I thought if you're going to let them play that way, let it play, let them play that way the whole game rather than 59 minutes. You know, I, I, I was hoping you're going to give me a second talk before we move on to the flags. I do want to say this one thing real quick, but then I'll talk about the flags. Uh, I do blame Matt LaFleur because at the end of the day, players win games, coaches lose games, and the coach lost that game for them that way. I'm, I'm just putting it that way. Sorry, is what it is. But moving on to the flags, no, that should not have been a flag because it wasn't called all game. It wasn't going to be caught. There was just zero chance. Sure, you know, like it, it was... The, it was the right call, but if that's the right call, make it the right call the rest of the game. Uh, it, it was garbage, but at the same time, suck it, Packers, because uh, you guys are the favorite team every single season, every single game. You always get the beneficiary calls. Uh, you, you can cry about this one, and I don't care. I'll, I'll drink your tears for all I give a damn. Uh, for, this is coming from a Lions fan who's dealt with this bullshit for too long. That just honestly what it is. It, it's, it drives me mad. Uh, Packers, suck it. I don't care. I don't feel bad for you. Is what it is. 
you just won over so many Lions fans. I know Graham's shooting you a text right as he listens to this episode. He is just going to be in love with you, Chase. But uh, I think I think no matter what, in a conference championship, it's heartbreaking if the flag is what's going to kill you. If the call doesn't go your way, kind of like, I don't know, the Rams Saints. I mean, that was blatant and they didn't call it. It was more blatant than this, and they did call this one, so I don't know. Um, a, a really good game, though. I thought it was an excellent game, one of the better games of the season, one of the better games of the playoffs, if not the best. So uh, very excited to see Tom go to his 10th straight not 10th straight, sorry, his 10th Super Bowl <laughs> in his career. Uh, his first with the Buccaneers. He had nine with the Patriots, but uh, what a legend. I mean, who else goes to 10 championships aside from LeBron? Me, me, me. I'm, I'm as a GM of the, of the NHL 32s, uh, as the old generic like EA team would be. Uh, that's going to be that's gonna be the team that I manage when I'm an NHL GM. We're going to go to 20 straight championships and win them all. Oh, very interesting, yeah. Chase. Very interesting take. But, Chase, you go from drinking Packers fans' tears to now shedding your own because we've got to talk about the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, the Bills had a great run. We're going to be talking about their run as well as the Browns' run a little bit later. But we got to talk about their demise now first. That's against the Chiefs, a 38-24 to loss. And, honestly, it really wasn't close after halftime, really. I just got to say, if Josh Allen had, like, a running back who actually, like, knew what to do and knew how to help out the team in any way, this game would have been a lot different. It, it, it wouldn't have, like, they might have still lost, but it would have been a close game. You know that everything that happens in every single play is going to be in the hands of Josh Allen. You don't have to worry about what the hell the running back's going to do. It's either Josh Allen's going to run the ball or he's going to throw the ball. It's not going to be handing off or anything because they just can't get anything done. It really is a shame. Um, I'm not shedding my own tears because uh, I, I didn't like expect them to win. I was hoping they could win. You know, it, it's sad, but I'm not like crying over it. It's still, you know, it'd be cool to see Mahomes win another Super Bowl. But it's just a really great year for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this is a step I expected them to take. They end up taking it. Not everybody was in the same boat as me. People were still out on Josh Allen. Um, the Josh Allen bandwagon is officially closed. It's been closed really since like week two of the season. So you can't get on it anymore. If you weren't with me from the beginning, you're not with me at all. Really is how I'm looking at it. Uh, he's a fantastic QB. The bills are really in one hell of a spot. I legitimately think they're just one running back away from a Super Bowl type team. The, the only way the bills would have won here is if Josh Allen played the perfect game, he had to play, like the MVP caliber Josh Allen, we've seen him in a couple of games during the regular season, but it's so damn tough to do that in the conference championship against the Chiefs, who were able to put a ton of pressure on Josh Allen. But I did want to go back to your point. You can talk about that too if you want, but I want to get back to your point on the run game. You were a big fan of Devin Singletary last year. It sounds like you might be out on him now. I think TJ Yeldon even looked better than Devin Singletary la- or, uh, this past game. So what say you with Devin Singletary? Are you now on my dad's side saying, get this scrub out of here? Or do you think he's still promising? No, it, it, running backs, you can usually figure out pretty quick whether they're it or they're not it. And Devin Singletary is not it. It's really surprising. Coming out of college, he looked like he could have been someone, uh, maybe not a true workhorse, but he could... He had some power, even though he was smaller, and he caught the ball well while still being shifty. So he, he could have been like a legitimate, true, like great running back for you with a rotational piece to help kind of cut some slack for him. 
but it, it just didn't translate. You know, it happens all the time with guys. More guys don't translate than guys that do translate. So he's just one of those guys that didn't translate. It's a shame, but the Bills, they don't need to waste any more time. They need to just move on, get another running back. Hell, dude, I'm like, I'm very against taking running backs in the first round, especially at this point with everything we know. But why the hell wouldn't they take a running back in the first round? It's the one piece they need for everything to just come together because I don't think they're losing much in free agency. You know, John Brown will probably be gone. They're going to place him with a cheap receiver or they can draft one in the second, third, fourth round. Or even Gabriel Davis can just take it the next step because he's looked great so far this year. But they just seriously, just one running back away from being an utterly dominant team. And it would be crazy to see them go back to back to back drafts getting a running back. But it seems like it's it's a must. And Najee Harris seems like a perfect fit. So we'll have dude, to see. That's but, what uh, I'm saying. That's what I'm fucking. That's what, that's, what, that's what I'm saying, dude. I want Najee Harris going there so bad. I saw a mock draft with him going there today and I was fist bumping just out of excitement. <laughs> Nice. Uh, but we got to talk about the Chiefs now, Chase. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, coming off of the concussion protocol and having turf toe, looked immaculate. Uh, played a great game. Not not his best game by any means because he's had some stupid games. But I think a 325-yard and three-touchdown stat line, you know, it's kind of decent. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I also wanted to talk about the fact that the Chiefs went back to their guys after making mistakes. Um, do you want me to wait for you to respond to anything or do you want me to just get into that right now? No, I'm good. Go for it. Okay. So we saw Miko Hardman on a punt fumble it. The bills were able to recover. They scored off of the um, turnover. So Miko Hardman, instead of getting benched, like we saw with, uh, John Ross and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, that that's very close to my heart. It hurts still. Um, Patrick Mahomes came up to him and said, hey, baby, you got this. And Andy Reid was confident, put him right back on the field. And he had some huge plays, including a 50-yard run. And he had some really, really good kick returns and punt returns after that as well. Then we also saw Tyreek Hill. He was breaking. He was, it could have been a touchdown, and he dropped it. Yet, They put him back on the field. 172 yards, had some giant gains for this Chiefs team. And I I think that just shows just what a great coach Andy Reid is. And I I think it shows that players are willing to buy into Andy Reid's system because they know if there is a mistake, they're going to work their ass to fix it. And Andy Reid isn't going to be pissed off and bench him. So I just wanted to mention that because I think that is such a cool storyline. That's something that Marvin Lewis didn't do with John Ross, and it, I could have heard it. It could have hurt his development. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case, but uh, I just had to mention that because it's great to see coaches having faith in their superstars. You know, I heard what you said, but I couldn't help but think about just picturing Patrick Mahomes saying, hey, baby, you got this to Nicole Hardman, because I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think that's what he said, but <laughs> something along those lines. <laughs> but no, I, I hear you. And I, I'm, I'm with you, especially at, at this point in the season. Like like these guys, they've already done it for you. So, you know, they can do it. Don't mention them over one mistake. Um, you know, if someone's a, a borderline player and you're giving them the opportunity and they mess up, you know, that, that might be different. But someone who has a lot of capital on their team, like Josh, Josh or John Ross, excuse me, he was a first round pick. That's a lot of capital. You, you can't just say, oh, one mistake, you're done for the year. 
Um, you, you got to let guys, you know, live and learn. It is what it is. Especially a team like the Chiefs, they're going to overcome their mistakes because of their just sheer firepower. And sure enough, they did. Absolutely. And Chase, I, I find it really surprising that people out there, I'm not going to mention names, but people out there didn't have the Chiefs as their number one team in their power rankings. Colin Coward. I mean, um, that's an idiot. I, I, I don't know why you enjoy him at all. I, I think he's awesome. <laughs> I think he's awesome. But I, I really don't get why people didn't. And he wasn't the only one. Why people didn't have the Chiefs as the number one team. I know they didn't have the best end to the season, but what we've been seeing them do in playoffs is exactly what we saw last year, was exactly what we saw in the beginning of the season. I had no doubt in my mind that if you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, you're the number one team in the league. And they were 15-1 this year, right? Yeah. Or were they 14-2? Or 14-2? Whatever, I don't care. 14-2, it's still literally the best team in the league. Two losses are just asinine. Like... Just, just, I've said this before. I don't understand how some people can have jobs in the media, but we can't. Um, like some of these analysts are just dumb, 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 dumb. Yeah, here we are, right, a hundred thousand percent of the time. But you know, we're we're just left hanging. Yeah, you know, it's tough to have the Chiefs as the number one team throughout the year, and yet we are sitting here at home. It's tough to. Expose the Steelers as frauds in week four. In week four? Yeah, we're still sitting here on the bench. But, uh, you know, that's okay. Our time will come. Uh, as as long as we keep putting out stuff like this, people are going to think we're Nostradamus and we're going to be there at the top at some point. But, uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. I love the Chiefs. I, I hope they go back-to-back. Um, I, I guess I don't love the Chiefs, but I love their players. I mean, Patrick Mahomes amazing and I'm not going to say he's my favorite quarterback but it's so hard not to root for a kid that is just that damn good yeah I mean if, if you don't like Patrick Mahomes you got an issue like it, it's you gotta like the dude like he, he's, he just seems like a good dude and he's just ridiculous to watch he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play I'd probably have to say I, I know that's a that's probably a, a debatable topic. I'd be one I'd be fine debating in favor of Mahomes for that. But regardless, he's just so much fun to watch. I've never had more fun watching a quarterback. Absolutely. So Brady Mahomes going to be very exciting. We'll give you guys our predictions next week as we talk about it a little bit more. Uh, but Chase, we got to talk about the Bills and the Browns. We just talked about the Bills a little bit, but we want to just talk about their stories overall. Uh, both teams have struggled in the past couple of decades, and uh, maybe that word is even too tame. You know, they've not been good yet. Now they find their coaches. McDermott's been here. Uh, we know McDermott's a great coach. Um, and for something, for some reason, this season it clicked. I think the Browns, they still have a little bit more to go. I think they were using Baker a little bit too much. Um, I don't think Baker is amazing by any means. Uh, I think he improved his stock, but uh, I, I think it's awesome to see two teams that were just horrendous over the past couple of decades finally get to the point of making the playoffs and even winning playoff games. It gives Lions fans and Bengals fans and many others a lot of hope. Yeah, I mean, it really does. You know, just decades of heartache has finally turned into some prosperity, as you kind of mentioned. You know, with the Browns saying that you need to take the next step, I agree. They still have, you know, a little bit to do. 
they need to treat, treat Baker kind of like a Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, someone he's going to throw the ball, but he's not going to just like throw like pass heavy offense. You got Nick Chubb and you have got you got Kareem Hunt. You have two of the better running backs in the league on your team. You might have the best true talented running back on in the league and Nick Chubb on your team, honestly. And you, you just got to use those guys. You know, let Baker throw the ball 20 to 30 times a game max. Don't let him throw more than that unless you really need to for some reason. If you can throw even less than that because you're just controlling the clock and dominating the game, that'd be great. Um, you know, it's kind of what Kirk Cousins does. You know, this year wasn't quite the year that they wanted because their defense was in shambles in Minnesota, but they've had some success in Minnesota because Kirk Cousins has just done enough to manage the team and Dalvin Cook has just run all over the place. The Browns can do the exact same thing and they really need to commit to that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I know that the Bills, their window is still wide open. Josh Allen's still on the rookie contract, obviously. And the, the team is just so well put together. But when we look at the Browns, I'm not sure how much longer the window is going to be open just because of all the high caliber names they're going to have to start paying soon. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit. He's finally going to be coming back from his injury, his so season good. ending injury. Uh, going to be exciting to see what he could do because that secondary really struggled. But they've got a lot of high caliber names that they're going to have to start paying in the next couple of years. And that's going to be tough. Do, do you think that the Browns have a long-term window when it comes to playoff success like the bills, or do you think that maybe in a couple of years, because Baker is going to get a big contract, it's kind of going to go downhill. See the, so this is going into his fourth season. So Baker there, he's going to get fifth year option picked up. So he's got two more seasons on this rookie deal like that really is their main window because they're going to have to pay him. They're going to pay Miles Garrett. They're, they're, they've, they've got so many names they got to pay. They need to commit right now, win, maybe sacrifice a little bit of the future. Because uh, if, if they do the right things, they could win a Super Bowl in the next year or two. I don't think it's that impossible. It's not going to be easy, but it's not impossible. They just have to like, really commit. If that means trading away first-round picks, second-round picks, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, leverage the future if you have to to win now. Uh, that's what like great teams do. They leverage the future and they just keep leveraging the future, and then eventually it all just keeps working out and working out. Uh, if, if the Browns can figure out some sort of recipe for that, yeah, I could find them in the Super Bowl pretty soon. All right, sounds good. And then uh, I also want to ask about OBJ. Um, Baker, okay, because Baker was... Just, not, not talk about it. <laughs> Baker was so much better without OBJ. OBJ obviously getting paid quite a bit, and I think they need help in their secondary and on their linebacking core. So, uh, hey, I would be fine with OBJ leaving because... I have him in fantasy, and I'd rather Baker not be throwing to him. You know, maybe like a Trevor Lawrence or something. I'd be cool with that. But uh, okay, sounds good. So we will now move on to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Post game interview, he said, "I don't really know where my future's taken me. I'm not in control of that." Uh, there was a lot of people like, "Oh my gosh, is Aaron Rodgers leaving?" Uh, he's he's got contract for I think two or three more years. Uh, so he's not leaving through free agency. It would have to be a trade. And Green Bay would be absolutely stupid to trade Aaron Rodgers. In my mind, he's not going anywhere. No, he, he's not going anywhere. Like When he said that, he only said it because they took Jordan Love last year. And he's saying like you you can't expect anything to like, happen in this league. Uh, it's a business. And things change very quickly. I could be traded at any point. He wasn't saying that he was going to leave or retire or anything like that. He was just saying that like he he generally doesn't know because the Packers might decide to move on. Like they have Jordan Love, they spent a first round pick on him. You can't just leave him sitting for four years. That's horrible, horrible like draft pick man- management. It'd be the dumbest thing you could do. 
But at the same time, you got Aaron Rodgers playing at this level. You can't just move on. I think they kind of expected Aaron Rodgers to maybe drop down a little bit and then they could make start making that transition. But he just got better. I mean, he had his best season in however long it was. So you, you can't move on from the dude. You got you got to leave Jordan Love sitting or Aaron Rodgers got to keep that job. The Packers would be absolute idiots to trade him away. But as a Lions fan, I certainly would not mind him being out of the division because I'm just I'm just tired of seeing him dominate the division. Yeah, I. I think with the horrible draft pick management of, you know, sitting Jordan Love, your first round pick, four years, uh, I, I think it was just a terrible draft pick in the beginning. I mean, you and I talked about it. I think everyone amongst our friend group talk about how just what a bad pick that was. Why wouldn't you get Aaron Rodgers some help? And hey, if you did get Aaron Rodgers some help, like, uh, I don't know who was available at that point. I think Justin Jefferson was gone. But if you added like a T Higgins... Devontae Adams and T. Higgins with Aaron Rodgers at this level, maybe they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's it's legit. Like, it's solid. When the number two receiver is Alan Lazard, who's a good receiver, but he's more of a number three guy. And that leaves your number three being MVS, who makes the easiest catches look impossible, makes the most impossible catches look incredibly easy. But you're not throwing that many impossible catches to make him make it look that easy. So he's making the easy ones look so much harder instead. Uh, if you, you know, if you brought in somebody who was a young talent, T Higgins, Hal Chase Claypool, hell, maybe even like Denzel Mims, maybe he would have been able to stay a little bit healthier there and gotten some opportunity that way. It, it could be a completely different story. Yeah, for sure. And uh, all the talk that we see happening with Aaron Rodgers, could he be moving? Uh, we think that's all smoke. We don't think uh, there's any chance Aaron Rodgers is not with the Packers next season. Uh, you just can't when he's at an MVP caliber. I don't care how good Jordan Love looks. Aaron Rodgers is your guy for right now. But and, uh, and you- real quick before you, before you move on, and if if Jordan Love actually looks that good, Jordan Love, like he wasn't active all season. He he was always a scratch. If he really is that good, and they're ready to move on, why wasn't he active to even be the backup? Why was it always Nick Boyle? Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point, Chase. But uh, we're gonna be talking about QBs and you know what may be happening this uh, this offseason. A lot of QB movement has been discussed. Uh, Adam Schefter even put out a tweet. He said there are roughly ten quarterbacks locked in the starting jobs for opening day of 2021. This is expected to be an unprecedented offseason of QB movement. My over under of teams changing quarterbacks this offseason is 18. And he included a picture of QBs whose futures are in question. We're going to go over some of them, talk about some of them. Uh, will there be a change? Will there not be a change? All that kind of stuff. So uh, the name that heads the list, Deshaun Watson, I, I think that's an easy case closed. He will be moved to who? I don't know. There's so many suitors. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much a lock that he's moved. Like he's. He doesn't want to be there. What's the point of just having him there? He doesn't want to be there. He he said his number one destination is the Jets. That'd be interesting to see. Who knows how much the Jets really want him. Maybe they still want to work on Sam Darnold. Maybe they want to draft a guy. But I think they'd be crazy to not at least come up with an offer because Deshaun Watson's a proven commodity. He's a ridiculous talent. And if you can get a guy like that, it really propels your team into just a whole different stratosphere, even though they're lacking other talent around. But if they can get him... Even if they don't have their first, uh, if they trade their like third overall or second overall pick, excuse me, they have a later first round pick. They can still get a receiver there. They can really get him the help that he needs. They can get a running back in the second, third round. They can get one in free agency. Hell, like, I mean, if they get Deshaun Watson, they can do something really fun. But yeah, regardless, Jets or not, Deshaun Watson's moving. 
Yeah, there's a couple great running backs in the free agency, too. Like Aaron Jones, he should be making his way to free agency because I would assume the Packers are going to run with Aaron or A.J. Dillon, you know, taking him second yeah. round. Uh, and Marlon Mack, he's going to be there, too. There's a, there's a couple really good names that are going to be out there, so that could be the case. But we'll move on to Matt Stafford. Chase, I, I know you're going to have a lot to say on this one. Um, I or Adam Schefter already reported that teams are already – contacting the Lions and seeing what it would cost. So Chase, give me your ideal position as a Lions fan, what you would like to see, what you would like to get back for Matthew Stafford. And then also give me a team that you would love to see Matthew Stafford in their jersey. What's a team that can take Matthew Stafford to the playoffs, give him an experience that maybe the Lions couldn't afford to give him? Well, I'm with what I realistically want to get back because, like, what I would want back is Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson Stafford swap would be fantastic, but that's clearly not realistic. So, realistically, he's going to go to a team that uh, needs a quarterback, not a team that's trading one away, looking to draft one, or maybe get one back in a lower one back in return. So, I'm going to start with the team. The one team that I really want him to go to, and I think is the best fit at the same time, and is also becoming more and more the odds on favorite, is the Colts. It, it just makes a lot of sense. It's a team that's ready to go, it's a team that has a you know, their, their pick is 21 this year. They can trade away that pick. Maybe they throw in a third, fourth round pick from this year and next year too. Um, but I don't think it's going to take too much more than that. I don't think they can get much more than that. Uh, even though like, they say their starting price is at least a first round pick. Um, I hate when, like, if that's really, like, they're they're saying that. I hate when teams do that. Like, because um, saying, oh, start a first round pick and go from there. You're only going to get offered, like, so much more than that first round pick because they think that you would take a first round pick when it gets down to it. You got to say, no, you send us your offers and we'll value it from there. Um, so I, if, if that's really true, they kind of pigeonhole themselves. So I think they can't get much more than a first round pick, maybe a middling pick too. But I also at the same time would not be shocked if it's just one first round pick. Regardless, let's say that ends up being the 21st overall pick and then the, uh, the Colts fourth round pick. That would, that would be perfect for me. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I I think that would be a great fit as well. I mean, we talked about Carson Wentz going back to the Colts, reuniting with Frank Reich. Um, but I, I think with Matthew Stafford now on the block, I think that's got to be the Colts' number number two target. Excuse me. They should obviously go after Deshaun Watson first if they can't get him, which I don't know if the the Texans would trade within the division. Um, so Stafford would be a great fit as well. They obviously need a quarterback. They were pretty close this year to. Uh, excelling in the playoffs. However, Phillip Rivers really can't get him over the hump. Matthew Stafford, he still has enough left to give the Colts uh, a potentially dangerous playoff run. So that would be really cool to see. Uh, Chase, let's now talk about Dak Prescott. He's also on this list. Obviously, he was franchise tagged last season. Uh, he's now on an injury. Uh, what are we thinking? Is he going to stay with Dallas? I would assume they probably franchise tag him, but if he decides he's not going to play under the franchise tag, we could see him possibly getting traded. The injury killed all the leverage that he has. Like He's going to be having to come off injury rehabbing. He has to kind of deal with what he's going to get. He's going to get tagged, and I think he's going to have to play under that tag. Uh, he'll end up being with the Cowboys again. The Cowboys also might pay him to just pay him less than he wanted. Um, I think he would be smart to take the lesser price tag and just get the guaranteed money, get as much of a guaranteed as you can, because he's not going to get top money, like top quarterback money. It's just not going to happen if he goes to free agent market because he's good, but like he's not that good. It, it's just the truth. Um, but I, I, anyway, he's going to stay at the Cowboys. Um, I assume he plays under the tag too. Uh, I I'm going to have to agree. I, I think the Cowboys would be uh, stupid to 
let Dak Prescott go unless they're able to get like a Deshaun Watson or a Matt Stafford. Uh, I think I think it'd be quite dumb to let Prescott go. But now we'll talk about one of the more polarizing names, one of the names that. Uh, you know, we're hearing both sides. He's staying, he's leaving. What's going to be the case for Sam Darnold? So I'm going to go with Sam Darnold is gone. I don't know where. I have just not the slightest idea. If the Texans end up trading, um, what's his, what's his face, Deshaun Watson to the Jets, I think they need to get Sam Darnold back. Like, whether you want to keep him or not, just get him back because he's going to end up being back up there in Jets anyway. Um, so that that would be great. I think he's going to move regardless. I don't think they're going to keep him as a backup if they end up trading for a QB, and I really think they're going to trade for a QB or draft a QB. Okay, sounds good. And I want to talk about two Californian quarterbacks, and then I also want to talk about a team and what their situation looks like. So first we'll go with Jared Goff. Um, I, I feel like he's staying. I, I think he's probably the most likely to stay out of the names we've talked about thus far, except for like Aaron Rodgers. Um, but there is some question around his play. Is he good enough? I think there's zero chance Jared Goff goes anywhere. He got a contract. He's going to play through that contract unless he really falls off a cliff. And he has not fallen off that cliff. Sure, he could be better. He should be better. And I think he can be better. But um, regardless, you, you paid him. You got to hope that he can figure it out. Uh, just help building, keep building the team around him, figure out the running game. Cam Akers, you know, he could be that guy. Just let him do it. Uh, hate, the, hate the committee that they're trying to do because it's just not working. They, they need to find a guy and commit to him. Let Jerry Goff throw the ball at a medium rate, not not a really high rate. Let him throw it, you know, kind of middle of the pack. Get the ball to the guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and then run the ball and the defense take over. I, I would agree at this point. I think Jared Goff is a lock to stay. However, I would not be shocked if we readdress this situation in a couple months because the Rams are over the cap. And if there's if the, if the Rams front office are looking at like, I don't know, Taylor Heineke in free agency and they're like, look, Goff couldn't do it. We're way over the cap. Taylor Heineke might be as good, which I mean, come on. He was amazing for the football team. He's not uh, as good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Goff's He's not very not. good. Goff's not very good. Goff um, is better than Taylor Heineke. I will I, happily put money on that. I, I think that there could be a re... Uh, I think we could be readdressing this in the future with how bad their cap situation is there right now. But uh, right now, I got to agree with Chase. So moving on, Jimmy Garoppolo... The other Californian quarterback, uh, it really doesn't seem like Kyle Shanahan is a big fan of him anymore. Yeah, this one is probably one of the harder decisions for me. Um, you know, I could, I really think that Zach Wilson, his perfect fit would be like for the 49ers because it's going to let him throw the ball enough where he can be efficient and have his, you know, his Joe Burrow type of throws, just, you know, his Joe Burrow light really is how I look at him. He, he has a lot of those set throws. He has he had the most NFL throws um, of all college quarterbacks this year. So he's got the ability. Uh, he's not going to wow you with just God-given arm talent, like bomb it down the field. Uh, he's not going to make ridiculous plays, but he's going to get the job done. And it would be perfect in San Francisco for what they're trying to do. But I don't think they're going to be able to work anything out. I think they're going to have to roll Jimmy G. I don't know what they would trade with whoever the hell they'd be trying to trade with to get a pick. Um, I think the Falcons would be more likely to draft somebody than try to like trade away their pick, you know? I, I agree. I, I think they would have to trade up to the number three pick. I don't I don't really see any other teams moving back um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know because I think Atlanta, they'd be interested in taking a quarterback. If Penny Sewell is there, the Bengals are going to take him. Uh, the Eagles, they're going to be looking to take a quarterback. The Lions, they're going to be looking to take a quarterback. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think unless they're able to get the number three, which is going to be tough, they're going to have to stay with Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, moving on to the last thing we talk about here when it comes to this QB conversation, the Saints. What are they going to do? Drew Brees, he's going to be retiring. You got Taysom Hill. You got Jameis Winston. But Jameis Winston only on a one-year deal. So he's going to be a free agent this year. Do you pay him? Uh, and I think Taysom Hill was on a second-round tag or a second-round tender. So um, what do you do with that quarterback room? So Taysom Hill still has one more year in his contract getting paid like $17 million, something stupid. Um, but if you, I don't know what their cap is currently looking like. If you got the cap, you give James Winston a two-year contract, as my personal opinion. You let those two battle it out. Whichever one wins, great, because you could, as much as, like, you know, it's rare to trade quarterbacks. Like, it doesn't happen too often unless it's the offseason. But you could trade one of those guys, really. There could be a team out there that loves what Taysom Hill can do, and they can figure out something for him. Or you could trade James Winston for a team that just needs transition quarterback. So you, you give Jameis that contract. You let him battle it out. One of them is going to obviously shine over the other, and I think it would be Jameis Winston, to be honest with you. So just, like, they they would be mistaken to let him go unless they're drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I really like Jameis. I, I hope he gets a chance. I'm not sure if he will just because they rarely used him at all. I mean, he made one really nice play in the uh, – the, Gosh, what am I? The second round of the playoffs against the Bucs, he, he made a very nice deep throw. And uh, I know people were going crazy. They were like, this is why you need Winston over Breeze. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, yeah, I hope he gets a chance somewhere, even if it's not with the Saints. But the Saints uh, drama, the Saints QB room, going to be very interesting to keep an eye on going into the future. However, that's going to be it for the QB talk. Uh, there's a lot of other names on that list. If you want to go check it out, Adam Schefter on Twitter. Um, you can see the whole list there. But uh, that's going to be it for QB movement talk. Uh, I guess the last little thing I wanted to mention is the Senior Bowl. That is starting up, taking off. Uh, I know practices are going on right now. Some very impressive names right now at the Senior Bowl. Uh, names like Devontae Smith. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's, uh, you know, the Heisman winner. Najee Harris, Creed Humphrey, an offensive center from Oklahoma. You got Alex Leatherwood, one of the top tackles in the draft. Kadarius Toney, Liam Eichenberg, Mac Jones, Carlos Basham. A really nice list of names to keep an eye on during the Senior Bowl. Uh, Chase, I would assume you're looking forward to seeing what happens during this time. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, and there's one name that I want to bring up just because Field Yates is talking about him. He's a guy I actually have as kind of a sleeper uh, in this draft class in terms of receivers. Uh, he said the one player who's been most impressed with him thus far is actually Western Michigan's wide receiver, Dwayne Eskridge. He's someone who I, I've kind of had as an under-the-radar guy. I, I would love him, you know, if, if especially if the Lions don't sign enough wide receivers, take him in like the third, fourth round type guy. He, he could be around there. Hell, he might even reach in the second round if he has a good senior bowl. Um, well, he's just got a lot of just like pure ability. And if, if he's standing out already, just after one day, of the senior bowl, if he keeps going, he's just going to see his uh, drafts. I continue to rise. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely awesome to keep track of, you know, what's happening during the senior bowl. And unfortunately, Kyle Trask, who a lot of people were looking forward to seeing him compete at the senior bowl. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to due to injury. And a lot of people think that's just going to plummet his stock. 
You, 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 what'd you say? Pronounce his name again? Last name? What? Pronounce Kyle his last name again? Kyle Trask? No, it's, it's Kyle Trash. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Trash, buddy. Chase, you scared me. I thought I was going to have to edit something, but now you're just making a terrible joke. I got, I got two Florida Gator fans in my family. They're going to be coming at you. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate for him because his draft stock is definitely going to, definitely going to drop, um, maybe to the fifth round for the lions. And that's going to, that's going to be who they roll with for the future. No, no, that won't be happening. And if his draft stock, draft stock drops, whatever, he's not an NFL quarterback anyway. He, he's, he might be able to jump around a little bit as a backup third string type guy, but he's not going to have a very long career. There's your uh, your hot take from Chase on Kyle Trask. But, guys, we're going to be talking a lot more draft stuff in the coming weeks. I know Chase is excited. I'm excited uh, doing some QB rankings, running back rankings, all that kind of stuff. We'll even get a mock draft out to you guys. Maybe a couple mock drafts. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that yet. Um, but next week, we're going to be doing a Super Bowl show, making our final predictions. And speaking of predictions, Chase, you didn't do so hot in this most recent predictions as you went 0-2. See, it's because I just went with my heart. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go with the oh. Bills just, just, just to feel good. And you went, like, with, you, you went with your heart. That's why you took Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, right? Oh no, that you had that one wrong too. <laughs> Take a lap. Yeah, but I, I didn't go with my heart. I thought they were actually gonna win, but you went with your. Yeah, heart. I thought they were, were a big. No, big no, Packers no. Fan. Shut the hell up. No, I went with who's gonna win that game. Who should have won that game? But instead, they suck and choked. Losers. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, hopefully we get uh, our last prediction correct. Uh, you know, I'm ready. Chiefs, that's what I'm going with. Uh, unless something crazy comes out in the next coming week uh, when we make our official predictions. That's just, uh, you know, a, a quick a quick drop, a quick sneak peek at what's happening in next week's episode. But that's going to be it for the show. We want to thank you guys so much for coming out and giving us a listen. If you want to stay up to date with all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's again on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. If you're looking for some other social medias of ours, uh, we do have an Instagram and a Facebook group that you're able to join. Uh, both of those will be in the description below. If you're listening on YouTube, if you could please give us a subscribe, give us a like, give us a comment, let us know who you guys think are going to be moving around in the QB market, as well as hell, give us your Super Bowl prediction. Uh, If you are listening on a podcast platform, if you could rate us five stars, we would really appreciate that. And the description will also be filled with our other social media. So thank you so much for listening, guys. And as always, we're not professionals. (laughs) 